Welcome to the Positively Practical Podcast, an adventure in learning with me, Lydia Krupp. This podcast will focus on all the ideas, discussion topics, thoughts, learning opportunities that I come across in my current position in instructional technology. As stated in my intro, I am Lydia Krupp. Currently, I'm on the I-Team in Instructional Technology for Richardson Independent School District in North Texas. Why this podcast? To be honest, I've wanted to create a podcast for a few years now, but always suffered from that uh, paralysis by perfection. Basically, anytime I thought I had an idea, I figured someone already had done it and done it better. Or if I had an idea that I thought was kind of cool, I talked myself out of it because I thought of the million and one reasons why it wouldn't work. No one would care. Um, I also thought about all the people who would tell me I was wrong or spend all their time trying to correct me, and then I would just have made a giant fool of myself. It took the bravery of one of my teammates to record her first ever podcast, and I watched her work her way through it and heard the end result, loved it, spoke to her about it, and she told me, you know, just got to do it, and she did it. And then a second teammate decided she too would put herself out there, and I'm very excited to see her end result. And I took this as a sign that I didn't need to sit and wait any longer. So here I am presenting a podcast to go along with this idea that I am a positively practical person. It's just as complicated as it sounds. I'm very optimistic, very hopeful about many things. But in the end, I will often make decisions that are a lot more pragmatic. Therefore, this podcast needed to present all of my hopes, dreams, ideals, optimism, positivity about education, while also framing it in a context that is practical and applicable for educators, uh, support staff, administration, uh, professional learning, all of it. Yes, that's all very, very big. So how was I going to distinguish myself from all the other podcasts that were doing something similar? In my position, I am often asked, what do you do? It was a lot easier when I was still in the classroom because then I could say, oh, I teach high school English. And the question pretty much answered itself after that. Moving to instructional technology, the answer becomes more complicated. Because what do I do? Well, the truth is I do a lot, but it's not what people assume someone in technology does. We always say we are preparing students for jobs that don't exist. That's a saying that's been in education for decades now, which in and of itself is a problem and probably an idea for another podcast another day. Well, it occurred to me I am that student. When I was in school, there wasn't instructional technology. We didn't even have a computer in my home till I was a junior, senior in high school. Um, my first cell phone was that big Nokia block, and I could only turn it on when I was actually driving in the car in case I had an emergency because they were clocking your minutes, you know. So the idea that technology would become a tool for education was really, really out of people's minds at the time. Any technology that was used was, you know, keyboarding or typing or, or basic computer know-how. Then it hit me. The problem is what I do is still so new, we don't 
know how to describe it. I have met so many people in my position in other districts. Some are called digital coaches. Some are called digital specialists. Some are called innovative specialists. Some are instructional technologists. That was it. That's what I needed for my podcast. I need a definition for what I do. I need to be able to answer the question, what do you do and have people understand? So for my first season of this podcast, that is what I'm going to set out to do. I want to define what it is I do in a way that is as universal as possible. So no matter if you're a digital learning specialist, an instructional technologist, an innovation coach, or whatever else we might call ourselves within the realm of instructional technology, you will have an answer. Then just as the excitement of finding my purpose hit me, COVID-19 happened. It is a devastating, terrible, horrible virus that has forced everyone into their homes for safety. This also meant we weren't going to school anymore. Teachers now have to communicate, educate, build relationships, support each other and their students all through digital means, whether that's online, through a tablet, a computer, or via text message. This is truly a new world of learning for many educators. It also happens to be exactly why my position exists. So now it's not just defining what I do, but this podcast, this season, will also look at how COVID-19 has really shaped what happens with instructional technology and possibly changed views of many teachers and parents and other community members about the potential for purposeful technology in the classroom. So there it is, the why behind this podcast and in particular season one. Next, I'm going to explain the format and what you can expect to hear each episode. The format for each episode will have me interviewing a fellow instructional technology specialist of some kind. We'll get to know a little bit about them, their district, and their feelings about their role in instructional technology, as well as how COVID-19 has reshaped that role. I will also ask them to share tips, tricks, encouragement, special apps, etc. To continue this episode, I'll be looking at the questions I will be asking other people and answering them from where I sit currently, and hopefully I will revisit these questions at the end of the season with some different answers or perspectives. So for starters, I introduced myself at the beginning of the podcast. I did teach high school English for 11 years. I did everything from ninth grade to seniors, from on level to um, those students who needed extra support, to the gifted students, to AP students. I do have my supplemental certifications in gifted and talented and ESL. So that's my background. How I ended up in instructional technology was really just because I'm a curious person. I started seeing early on the benefits of letting students use the resources they had at their fingertips to find out information that they didn't need to wait on me to get. 
For example, if they could quickly look up on a phone a basic fact, why not let them do that? And then I could actually take that information once they had it and help them apply it. So I kind of fell into it and, and I was still teaching in the very early stages of Google Classroom, but I learned quickly how much more efficient and better it was for my students and for me to use this platform for sharing information, collecting assignments and everything else. And I was that teacher, if I heard of a new tool or app, I was trying to find some way to cram it into what I was doing in my lessons, of course, Looking back, that was not the best way to approach it, but I'm always learning. Um, so yeah, I stumbled into this on accident. And about almost six years ago, um, I had this realization that as much as I loved my students and I loved what I did and I firmly believe in public education and what it stands for, I, I didn't feel like I was making a big enough impact for what I knew I was capable of doing. Not that I didn't matter to my students or my coworkers, but I just felt like there was something more I could be doing. And I decided if I could reach more teachers and showing them how to use instructional technology, that would multiply the amount of students who would be impacted. And as I said before, I'm very idealistic and I do believe that public school or public education can change for the better and will change for the better. And I believe the way to do that is to reach as many students as possible and to show them the value in their ideas so that they'll grow up and change it. So this was my first step going into instructional technology. Yes, I had to leave the classroom and a day does not go by where I don't miss every single one of my students. I think that is the biggest thing for, for teaching for me was always those relationships with my students, what I learned from them. Um, I love seeing how many of them have grown and what they're accomplishing. So yeah, that's how I felt into instructional technology. I do not have a degree in it because that wasn't a thing <laughs> um, five years ago. I've just kind of learned along the way. So in my current district, we do have our own department for instructional technology, and I kind of see it as a part of three sides to one learning triangle, I guess you could say. Since we're instructional technology, we do fall under teaching and learning, which also includes the content and curriculum specialists. Uh, but we also work very closely with our professional learning department. And I, I firmly believe you need all three departments speaking to each other and working together to not only create meaningful learning experiences for students using instructional technology, but to also help support teachers in learning how to um, you know, guide and, and lead those learning experiences. And then of course, when someone asks what I do for a living, it's hard for me to explain. Uh, the minute people hear the word technology, they want me to help them fix a printer or explain why something's not working on their computer. And I have to explain that's not what I do. Um, that usually causes some you know, confusion because again, instructional technology, even though I've been doing it for five years is still, and it's been around a little bit longer than that. I, I It's still very new. People don't really know um, a definite uh, answer for what it is. So I have to say, I can't fix your printer, but what I can do is I can take a lesson that a teacher has created and and show them various options and choices they can give their students that involve purposeful technology to help reach larger audiences, more authentic audiences, to help students express themselves, have their voice heard. And on the flip side, I can work with curriculum to help them 
embed those experiences. And I can also work with professional learning to help um, teachers uh, learn how to lead these experiences. And by the time I usually get all that out, I've, I've lost the interest, interest of whoever asked the question, or I'm interrupted um, by someone telling me the evils of technology, why it doesn't belong in the classroom, and then I leave the conversation a little deflated. So I'm hoping to have a better answer when this podcast is said and done. My favorite thing about my current role, um, it's still seeing what students are capable of. As much as I work with teachers more now than I do students, when teachers share the learning their students are doing, or we see products from their students, or we hear about the cool things students are creating, um, even when a teacher shares that, aha, I saw it. I saw what you mean. I, I, I get it now. Um, with their own students. Uh, to me, that's what's big because it's the students. That, that's why I'm doing this. It's the students. That's why all great educators are in education. And so to see that continue to happen, that is still my favorite part about my current role. What is a misunderstanding about my current role that I wish people would um, know? I've mentioned it already. They think that once I say the word technology, I'm um, IT support or a help uh, service of some sort, and I'm not. Uh, the sheer fact that I might know what's wrong with a smartphone or I might be able to fix uh, something going wompy on the computer is simply because I am not afraid to click on things and I've clicked on enough stuff to know where things are kept. Um, it's not because I've had training. I, I don't know what to do if your computer crashes. I don't know how to help uh, help you if software isn't working. And, and I just wish people understood that that's not what I do. Um, I, cause I feel bad having to tell people I can't support them. And, and then they think that I'm, you know, useless as a support. So I really wish people would understand that. Like that, that's one misunderstanding. I'm hoping if I find a good definition for what I do or what happens in instructional technology, it will clear some of that up. All right. The current situation has us all experiencing at home learning. And basically that means, Many of our teachers now need extra support in maintaining an online presence, reaching out to students, um, uh, sending out and collecting uh, learning uh, work, whatever you would like to call it. Fortunately, in our district, we are um, a device-rich environment, so uh, many of our students were able to take home iPads or Chromebooks uh, when this all started, and so we do have a leg up there in terms of helping students uh, connect digitally. Uh, so this really changed. I've become a much more popular person. I think that's really how my role has changed. Uh, in my role, we've kind of transitioned. We used to be required to go out to campuses and present to teachers, and then eventually transitioned to going out upon request only. Um, so of course, that means if teachers don't see a value in me, they don't request me. And when we were forced to go out there, if teachers didn't feel it applied to them or pertained to what they were doing, they really didn't pay much attention. So um, oftentimes, um, People kind of knew who we were in the peripheral or would periodically reach out, but that was about it. Since at-home learning, um, people are starting to understand a lot more uh, what I do, and I'm definitely able to offer a lot more support by way of virtual um, 
professional learning opportunities, uh, emails, um, Facebook messaging, you name it. And I'm here. I'm here trying to help and support. But yes, uh, people, my team for sure are becoming a lot. We're a lot more popular um, now that at-home learning and digital learning is uh, part of our lives. And I'm hoping, what I'm hoping this does is uh, we have, we've forced a bunch of teachers out of their comfort zones. And I'm hoping that many of them will see what, that they are capable of this new way of um, bringing learning to their students and find it more efficient and more fun and more engaging. And when we do return to the classroom, that they'll keep many of these components uh, so that their students, they, they and their students can continue to learn like this. And I, I do want to put right here, right now, I want to say this. And you'll probably hear me say it a lot, especially when discussing with others. But I do not believe that any teacher should ever be replaced 100% with technology. I think that's a very disastrous way to view education, especially since a huge part of education is that relationship and support the teacher brings to the students. So my hope is really that just educators will bring back the best of what they learned from this um, at-home learning and digital learning into the classrooms when we return. Thank you for being a part of my very first podcast ever. Feel free to reach out to me by visiting my blog at positivelycroup.blogspot.com. That's positively C-R-O-U-P-E.blogspot.com. And you can click on the podcast button. You are also welcome to connect with me via Twitter at Educroup, E-D-U-C-R-O-U-P-E, and Insta also at Educroup. I am excited about this new adventure. I look forward to learning and growing and seeing if I am able to accomplish the goal I set out to do when all is said and done.